Today's episode is presented by Tudor University. It's the only online learning resource for college coaches who want to become dominant recruiters. Visit dantutor.com for all the details. And now, it's time for the show. Hey coach, this is Dan. Hope you're doing great. As you listen to this podcast, hope you're hanging in there. As you listen in the middle of this crisis, this unprecedented world event that is affecting your world as a college coach. And what we're trying to do here at Tutor Collegiate Strategies through our podcast, the College Recruiting Weekly podcast that you're listening to, is give you lots of tools and strategies and ideas and viewpoints to help get you through this and help you make sense of what you need to do as a college coach and recruiter to come out the other side, not only surviving it, but thriving during it. That's the goal, is not just to survive, but to thrive. And as we open up uh, a lot of different viewpoints that we want to share with you, and I shared mine in the previous episode about the five core principles that you need to adopt, I feel, to set yourself up for some good uh, post-crisis results on the recruiting end. We wanted to add in more voices, and we're going to be doing that starting today with this episode. And what we wanted to do was talk to a coach, and not that there is one coach in the world that can speak for everybody, uh, and in some respects, uh, this coach that we're going to talk to, you would say, is an average coach in, in, in the sense that she coaches at a small school, a private Christian school. Uh, she is both a coach and also an administrator in the department. And, uh, you know, on the younger side, on the front end of her career versus uh, at, the, uh, at the back end. And the reason that I wanted to sort of pick out a coach and, and feature them on this episode is to let you know, number one, that, that you're not the only one going through this and that some of the things you're worrying about and you're dealing with, other coaches are as well. And I I always think it's good to learn from your peers and other coaches that are going through some of the same things. For First of all, because I want you to understand that you're not alone. This is a crisis that is really causing everybody to think on their feet and to do things differently and to assess where they're at and where they need to improve. And I think you'll hear that this coach is is right in there with you on that. So as you listen to her, again, the goal is to let you understand what other programs, other schools are dealing with. And sure, her circumstances might be different than yours. And the school she coaches at might not be exactly like yours. But given everybody in this together, I wanted to just add a voice from a coach into this conversation. And we'll, we'll do that um, again later on in the series that we're doing. We're going to be releasing a lot of podcasts uh, back to back to back to get you through this uh, more so than our regular schedule because I think it's important that you get more information and not less and that's what we're here for. So anyway, we're, we're going to start this conversation with a coach and as we started, my question to her was pretty simple. What are you dealing with right now and and how are you handling everything? And that's how we started what ended up being a great conversation that I think you're going to really appreciate. Here's what she said. We're definitely feeling isolated, um, especially, I mean, there's, this is one of those jobs that you do because of the interaction that you get to have with other people, whether it's other coaches or your team or your recruits. Um, just, it's something that we, not, none of us ever do this in isolation. And now we're kind of in these settings where we feel like we're doing it in isolation. 
but the reality is we have to find, we just have to find ways to still keep that community. Um, and something that I've been thinking about a lot the last few days is that as coaches, what we're always doing is that we are hoping for the best, but planning for the worst. That's what we do when we're writing practices. It's what we do when we're looking at recruiting classes and we're trying to figure out what's our budget going to be for this next year. Well, if I've got this, then I know I'll be able to do this, this, and this. But then we also have to know, well, if we get cuts, this is how we're going to do that. And I think now we're just kind of having to apply those skills that we've learned in a completely different way. Um, So yeah, all of us want to be able to say, oh, in a few weeks, we're going to be back on campus or in this many months, we're going to be back on campus when the reality is we don't really get to know what the outcome is here. Um, But so we figure out ways to plan for the worst, but we can still hope for the best. And I think that all of us would say that the best case scenario is that we all get to be back with our teams and we get to be on the court or on the field or on the pitch or whatever your environment might be, whatever your sport is. Um, And so we just keep working towards that. And I just, I keep telling my girls too, that the last thing that we want on the back end of this, when things return to normal is for us to say, man, I wish that we had worked harder. I wish that we had tried a little bit harder to prepare for when this moment comes instead of just being freaked out about what was going on. So for all of us, I think we're finding comfort in, in getting whatever our new routine is right now and still finding ways to check in. Um, whether that's with other coaches, with other people in our department, with our players, with our recruits, but finding that new normal for right now while also knowing that at some point we get to return to what our normal used to be. Are you hearing that same sentiment, that same feeling from other coaches, not only in your department, but also just coaches that you know through your network and and time as a coach and administrator? What are you hearing from other other campuses and other coaches and also the ones on your campus? It's a mix. Um, I think you can tell, it's really easy to tell who's going to be optimistic and who is maybe just kind of constantly waiting for the other shoe to fall. Um, But I don't want to waste my time doing that. Because even if that's where we end up going, it's miserable to sit and wait in that. Um, So, I mean, there are coaches that I have talked to that are like, we, we just recently found out about the, the summer Olympics being adjusted. And I, I've heard a lot of coaches saying, well, if that's happening on the international level there, it would be, it would be ridiculous of us to think that that's also not going to affect us. If it's, if it's affecting the pros, why wouldn't it affect us in the same way? And then you've got coaches who are just so convinced that the summer's going to roll around and it's going to be warm outside and all this is going to get lifted and everything's going to be back to normal. Um, So I think that what's been helpful for me is to find the people who are somewhere in between on that so that there's a uh, there's this reasonable okay we need to be careful we need to be taking precautions we need to know that they're really we don't know what the end is for this but at the same time we know that there will be one um so i i think it's just a mixed bag and you can find people of any opinion at this point with it you mentioned something a concept that i've been talking about in some articles as well as just in conversations with coaches, you mentioned the concept of, you know, I'll I'll paraphrase that don't let this time go by so much that then you look back after it's all done and you sort of wonder or think, oh, did we waste that opportunity that we had, which is a little more time to think or plan or learn or whatever is, is sort of on your docket that, um, that you've been saying as a coach, boy, if I only had a week or two, I could really catch up on X or get better at, at X. 
um, what what have you found to be kind of the challenge with that? Because it's a great concept as a coach, and I think you're, you, if you were saying it, would not be the only coach saying it. And yet, when it actually comes down to you know having the time, and it's an unusual situation, and now you are given the the gift in a certain way of more time to do something how how easy has it been to execute that for you because you're in a different environment and you and I talked before we started recording that uh, you know it's different being working out of home versus working on a campus where there's all this energy and interaction and your athletes and the mix of office work and practice and now you're you're literally just working at home um, so how easy is it to put that into practice do you find uh, not easy at all <laughs> I actually kind of feel like I have less time now um, because especially as a working mom, I, it's so much harder to keep the roles. Not that I guess this, this kind of gets into personal life, but we're coaches. Personal life doesn't really get to just stay at home when we're, when we're building relationships with others. Um, but I used to just be able to say, okay, when I'm at work, I can kind of focus on what I'm doing here. And then as soon as I walk in the door at home, then I can focus on my two very young kids and my husband. And, um, and so now it's, it's just a little bit, I mean, as we're talking, I'm sitting at my kitchen table and I'm looking at dog toys that are sitting on the floor and dishes that are still sitting in the sink and knowing like right now I need to be in work mode. Um, even though there's all these things around me. So it's, I've actually found it, I feel like I have less time now because I feel pulled in both directions, no matter what. So it's been a challenge to navigate for sure. And so I've just been trying to kind of time block my calendar and make sure that I've got specific time set aside for recruiting calls and specific time set aside for working on my inbox and specific time set aside to prep for our team Bible study that we're gonna be doing tomorrow on a virtual call and still prioritizing the right things when they need to be prioritized. But it's so much harder to not get distracted from that now that I'm not in my normal work setting. Right, right. How, I'm just wondering for you as a coach, and again, it's different on every team, but I think it's always it's interesting for coaches to hear another coach talk about what's going on in their program. What are you hearing from your student athletes that you coach? What, what is their attitude like? Where is their head at? And again, it's just your program and it's just a small sample size, but, but I think it's still valuable to kind of get a perspective. And I think coaches would appreciate that. Where, what have you found is on their mind? What are they talking to you about and, and how do they seem to be doing? Um. Yeah, I do think that it's a little, it's somewhat unique for our program, but I also think that college students are college students and they're all going to experience it kind of in a similar way, just little nuances with the different campuses. So a campus like ours with the small community, um, it's, my, my players are sad. I had our first small group check-in this morning and so I was, we, I was on a video call with four of them and when I was asking them, what's it like to be at home right now? And they just, all of them are saying, I miss my friends because our students found out while they were on spring break that we were going to be shifting to an online format for the rest of the semester. And so even the timing and when they would come back to campus and get their stuff to head home, um, it was really difficult for them to coordinate that to make sure they got to see all their friends. So a lot of them didn't get to see friends. Um, a lot of them 
didn't get those final weeks on the hall that they lived on and just little things like that. And so it's hard because they really don't have a sense of closure. And now with classes, so there it's, a, it's an extended spring break and we're going back into classes next week as they're all going to shift to virtual learning. Um, I, I hadn't thought about this until they brought this up to me today, but they're all really stressed about how they were saying, coach, how do you, how do you use your inbox to where you're getting the right information and things don't just get lost? They're like, I'm getting so more emails than I've ever gotten from any of my professors. I'm getting more emails from the school and all of it seems like important information. And I'm really worried that I'm missing something. And I just don't know how to navigate that. I'm kind of worried that I'm not going to know how to kind of stay on my own schedule once classes start back up and how I'm going to be able to manage that time well. Um, which is a neat opportunity for me to step into. I mean, as coaches, we always talk about how we feel like we are, we have a responsibility to help our players prepare for life after college. So it's not just about our sport. It's not just about helping them learn how to be good teammates, but how, how to be good at, to use the words that they use, how do we teach them how to be good at adulting? Um, and so for me to be able to step in and say, hey, I'm happy to help with that. Here's kind of, this is how you use Google Calendar. This is how you can organize your inbox. This is how you can look for the important stuff and how to not delete things and make it available for you to come back to later. Um, but I can just tell that so much of it has to do with the fact that they, they know that the support system is still there, but it's so much, it's not as easily accessible as it was when they were all in person and they couldn't just they can no longer just stop in my office when they come down to the gym. Right. Now it's a matter of actually having to make that effort of, hey coach, are you available for a call? Or right. when I ask them the hard question of how are you actually doing, that they're gonna give me something more than just like, oh, I'm doing great. Right. When there's something else going on that they really should be able to yeah. talk through. It's interesting though, because you brought out the fact that you aren't on campus and yet they're still in a virtual sense, stopping by your office and asking you, how do I do this? Or I need your help. And I think what that underscores, because I don't think you're any different than any other coach or most other coaches, that these athletes rely on you and they look for you as not only their coach, but a mentor, uh, in your case, a big sister, mom, uh, perhaps, uh, um, counselor, uh, class advisor, and now also office manager and how to work, uh, how to work email. But I guess I'm just, I guess it's more of an observation that I'd love your comment on more than a question. And that is that it seems like it's an opportunity for you as a coach during this time to really solidify kind of that team building, team bonding, uh, feel that I think so many coaches try to do in a hurried fashion during the season that now you have the opportunity to do and show that even during, especially during a time of crisis that you're there for them. And can you just talk about that a little bit that, you know, am I reading that opportunity correctly? Is you get the same feeling? Yeah. Yeah. It has been, um, I, I say, I mean, earlier I was talking about how I feel like I have less time, but even in feeling like I have less time, it's almost like I'm able to give myself more permission to spend a lot of time doing that specifically. Um, I'm, I'm very task oriented. So when I go into the office in the morning and 
I know that I've got X, Y, and Z projects that I need to be making progress on. And I've got my inbox that just will not stop filling up. And I've got all these different things, whether it's planning practice or planning recruiting trips or whatever, um, that that's one that I, that could fall into something that I end up delegating. So I ask my captains, hey, can you guys come up with some stuff for us to be doing as a team? Um, or just making it like a weekly email over the summer and letting and hoping that that's enough and hoping that, oh, well, they, they stay in contact. They use Snapchat. They're, they follow each other on Instagram. They're, they know what's going on in each other's lives. But even in my feeling like I have less time now, I'm giving myself more permission to step into that and to realize that that's, that the care for our current, our current students, our current athletes is just as important, if not more important than the recruiting side of things right now. Um, and, and so it's been, it's been really enjoyable, even just that call that I was on this morning or the fact that I'm on Snapchat with my team now, it feels, I think I was telling you the other day, it just, it feels funny and it feels silly. And every time I do it, I go on, this was, this app was not made for people my age. Um, but it's fun to see what they're doing and it's fun to get to see their faces and to hear their voices and to kind of have a conversation that's even if it's quick and it's silly, but it brings a smile to my face and hopefully it means that they see that I care about them and I'm thinking about them and I want to be involved in different things that are going on. Um, so it's different for sure. And my hope is that this ends up being one of those takeaways that once all of this clears up and we can kind of return back to normal, that I've learned some new habits and I've learned some new approaches to things that otherwise I never would have done. I've always said I will absolutely never get on Snapchat. And so of course they've been giving me a hard time about that all week, but they love the fact that I'm on it now. Um, so taking, taking the, the small wins where I can get them, I guess. Yeah. Well, and, but you're bringing up something that I think is interesting and that is that, you know, sometimes a crisis or something that is in, on the surface, an imperfect situation you know, sort of forces coaches to get creative. And this is one of those instances maybe where you would have not normally jumped into Snapchat and learned how to use it and, and sort of rolled your eyes as you were, as you were using it, but here you are using it. And I'm just, do you, it seems like that's going to be a strength later on. It seems like that's one of the things that I think is going to come of this is that coaches are going to come out of this a little more creative, a little more efficient, a little more, um, maybe not afraid of being so entrenched in the old way of doing things because they're going to have to prepare for whatever the next crisis is. It doesn't have to be on a national scope. It could just be at their school or in their program, but just being a little more nimble and flexible. Is that, am I reading that correctly? Do you think? I think so. Um, even if it's just a matter of being a little bit more open to stuff maybe not necessarily skill specific things, but in terms of interacting with players where in the past, maybe I would ask my captains or my upperclassmen, Hey, what's the best way for me to try to get involved in this thing that the team is doing? Um, I remember the first time I got on group me thinking, I, I asked them like, are you guys going to feel like this is me kind of intruding on your territory? If I'm part of this, because that's always been something that it kind of feels like, am I going to be the weird aunt that's trying to be funny, but really you're just kind of making fun of me in the thread that I'm not a part of? Um, and just learning to trust them when they say, yeah, we really think that that would be good. And this, I mean, that's also got to come back to the relationships that you've got with your players. And if you don't have a trusting relationship, then you, then you obviously can't trust that feedback. But if you've done 
your due diligence and you really do care about them and you know that they, you've done everything that you can to make sure that they know that you care about them, then when they say something like, hey, coach, I think that you should get on Snapchat, which as silly as it sounds, that was scary to me when they said that they thought I should get it. Like that, I don't want to learn how to do that. Um, but now that it's already shown to be so beneficial that maybe the next time around when they say, hey, coach, we think that you should try to do this or we think that you should try to do this, that my first instinct won't be, well, you're 18. Of course you think that. Right. Well, again, I think like you just talked about, it's, you know, it's getting coaches out of the comfort zone. And then once they're out and doing whatever it is they've been uncomfortable about doing, then realizing, oh, wait, this isn't so bad, or I can do this, or it, whatever it is, it's, it's overcoming that, that, um, that fear or just that entrenched, I'm not going to, I'm not going to change. And, and here they are changing all over. Um, for you personally, what is, what has been the hardest thing from a mental standpoint uh, with this crisis? Cause I think a lot of coaches are dealing with not so much the fact that their team's not there or this big thing, you know, nationally and worldwide that they have no control over, but it always, it sort of, I think, hits home for most coaches that I've talked to when it's quiet at night and they're sitting or they're trying to go to sleep or, you know, they're wondering and dealing with things in their own head. Um, so what could you share about sort of the things that you've had to overcome or deal with as a coach going through this? Um, man, this is one of those things where you're, you're afraid to speak in a way that I never want to assume that I'm speaking for anybody other than just myself. Um, because I know that everybody's circumstances are completely different. For me, it's almost an increased feeling of the, of working mom guilt. Um, that as for, for working moms, there's this constant, there's this, or for moms in general, this idea of, should I stay at home and then feel guilty about staying at home because I'm not pursuing my dreams outside of being a mom? Or if I'm working, should I feel guilty about the fact that somebody else is taking care of my kids right now? Um, and I feel like I'm constantly living in both of those things right now. And so just understanding like it is, it is okay to have things that I love doing and it's okay to care about those things. And then it's also okay to hit a point in the evening where I have to turn that off and be able to just focus on my kids and be with my family and focus on that time. Um, but I would say it's, it's just really taxing. And I think everybody has their version of that, whether or not they're a parent, whether or not um, they're in a committed relationship, whatever, whatever somebody's life circumstances are, I think that we end up feeling guilty about stuff. And when I was talking to some of my players this morning, we were kind of joking about those, you see these things that are going around on social media right now of check on your extroverted friends, they're not okay. Or check on your friends who really need a hug every day, they're not okay right now. And that those things are kind of a joke, but then there's also the check on your friends who have anxiety. Check on your friends who you know need some sort of social interaction every day, but they're not gonna be the ones who reach out and ask for it. I think that what our country, our world is going through right now, it's not easy for everybody, uh, or sorry, it's not easy for anybody. Everybody is experiencing something that's really challenging right now. Um, and it's easy to feel like all of us are experiencing it in a way that nobody else is experiencing it. And that makes it harder to reach out and ask for help. So just finding places where, whether it's other coaches or family members or mentors or peers, where you can reach out and just 
honestly say like, this is what I'm really struggling with right now. This is the thing that feels the hardest or the scariest for me. And I just need to put words to it so that somebody can normalize it for me. Question. And you know, since you brought that up and, you know, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, I want to move to after this is over, after it's back to normal, what is the thing that you think you will have learned the most about yourself or about your team or, or doing something differently, like using Snapchat, what is it that you're going to take away from this once, once you are back in your on campus and in your office and the kids are coming in, uh, asking about their class or, um, uh, a boyfriend that just broke up with them or what all the different things that you have to handle as a coach, what is it that you're going to be reflecting back on and saying, okay, this was the good part of going through this, that, that now I'm a better coach in person for. I think it's the power of relationships. Uh, that's something that we've always talked about a lot in our program. And we've always said that that's what we're going to be about. It's not just the wins and losses. It's not just the things that we're trying to accomplish in terms of results that can be tracked on paper or in record books. But what, what kind of people are we are we becoming through our participation in this program and how are we interacting with each other? Um, and so I think it's something that we've always known is important, but I think we're just learning about it on a completely different level now. And so it's almost like when you've got an athlete who they lose a season because of an injury or because of a personal life crisis, maybe someone's went on their family or finances or whatever the case may be, that they think that their sport has been taken away from them and then they get a chance to get back on the on the field or on the court and they play with this new sense of freedom or you get somebody who used to always play in this really high pressure program and then they switch to a program where it's just a little bit more like hey let's have fun doesn't mean we're not going to try to win but let's have fun while we're doing this i think that we're going to have a similar approach to relationships and that we've always known it's there and we've always known that it's important and we've always wanted to do that part well. But when the immediacy of the relationships gets ripped out from underneath you without you even having a chance to prepare for it and then kind of trying to figure out how to deal with that until it goes back to normal, I think once it goes back to normal, we are going to have just a, a, an increased appreciation for it. And then hopefully that means that we're going to be able to do it that much, that much better once we're together again. And that's how we wrapped up this conversation with this coach who is dealing with the crisis the same way you are thinking on her feet, trying to come up with the best solutions. And along the way, discovering some things about herself and ways she can do her job better as a coach and as an administrator. And I'm hoping that that's one of the byproducts that's a positive for you out of this whole thing, coach, is you understanding with some self-reflection what you can do better, what you should be doing differently once things get back to normal, and how to maneuver through this uh, whole crisis as best as possible. We're going to, like I mentioned, have a lot of other voices joining us, a lot of other experts uh, to talk big picture, to talk strategy, to talk improvements in your program, what you should be doing during this time. So please Stay tuned and please continue to listen to the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. Tell your fellow coaches, your staff to listen in as well. They are great discussion points because we go over a lot of opinions, a lot of philosophies, and we want you to decide what is best for you, but we want to have outside voices helping you make those decisions and challenge maybe some of the ways that you think about building a program and operating in the middle of this crisis because the goal of this is that we want you 
to operate the best way possible. Whatever that means to you, but we want you to use a lot of information and get a lot of opinions and, uh, and information to make those decisions. So until next time, Coach, I'm Dan Tudor. Thanks so much for listening to the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Tudor. Go to dantutor.com for a lot of resources. By the way, we have some great webinars that we're doing for coaches uh, to educate them through this time and uh, in the times after it. So there's a lot of resources on the website that you can use for free. And of course, any way we can help on a more extended basis, just let us know. We can talk about that and see if there's a solution that's right for you. Coach, thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. Hang in there. Be great and have a good one. The College Recruiting Weekly Podcast is a production of Tudor Collegiate Strategies, copyright 2016 through 2020. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or stream us on Stitcher, and make sure to tell the coaches in your department about the show. Email the host at dan at dantutor.com and visit the website to access more of the free resources we give to the college coaching community. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast.